Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard, and welcome to the One Giant Mind podcast. In this episode, I chat with Rita, a fashion professional here in New York City, who over the last couple of years has gone through a massive shift in values. In this conversation, she brings a deep concern that she has that she is drawing further and further away from being able to relate to society and living here in New York City. And asked, how is it that she can come to terms with the ever-growing disparity between her value system and the values of the mainstream? So over the past two years, I've gone through a process of eliminating many of my things. Um, this was a two part, uh, process a, cause I moved into a much smaller apartment. I live in 235 square feet. So just a tiny little studio with my boyfriend and my dog. <laughs> um, cozy. It, yeah, it's super cozy, but, um, but it was the motivation was more than that. It was just, um, the more I got rid of the better I felt, uh, the more clarity I felt. And um, I work in the fashion industry. I am a stylist. My whole world has been about um, aesthetics and what, how, you know, when you put together an outfit, it's, it's what is that outfit communicating to the world? Um, so it's been an interesting journey and in, in learning things about myself and also uh society and people and and what what image we project out um so since i've done that um i've been having a hard time i should also note that i i put myself on a very serious budget because i wanted to create a better life work balance work less because i'm not fully enjoying my job uh, because of this i guess uh new way of thinking about things. Um, and I'm realizing that I'm possibly contributing to the problem that I disagree with now. So value-wise, my job doesn't align with with my values. Um, so being on a budget and no longer shopping <laughs> and no longer wanting to acquire new things, living in a city like New York, um, I don't really know how to participate in society anymore. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't want to go to restaurants. I don't want to spend money. I don't. I don't want to shop. I don't know how to interact with my friends because that always involves one of those two things. So, um, and I've found that I feel a little bit more um, alienated from the rest of the world because mm -hmm. no one else. Not, of course, other people must think like this, but I definitely feel like an outsider a lot of the times. Mm. Mm. So how do I deal with that? <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> so firstly, I just want to acknowledge uh, your courage and uh, your commitment to this process because I can only imagine how uncomfortable it is for you a lot of the time. Um, and when I say uncomfortable, you know, you know, when you ask, how do I deal with this? What I'm assuming you're asking me is, how can I reconcile my desire 
to want to live a more meaningful, fulfilling, holistic, ethical life whilst coexisting in a world that might be ignorant to the values that are appearing to you right now mm-hmm. without disregarding the world while still participating in the world, loving my friends, not judging them, all of this. Mm-hmm. How do I reconcile that? Is that what you mean by how do I deal with it? Uh, yeah, I, well, there's a sort of a two-part. The, the first is really just feeling like on a day-to-day basis, besides getting up and going to work and coming home, I don't want to participate in anything mm-hmm. <laughs> um, besides awesome things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second part that you brought up was also interacting with friends and family um, where the now that I'm a little bit more aware of, of this new way of thinking, I guess, is that a lot of the conversations are about what I view as very trivial, but they're very important to my friends and family. And I want to show support and I want to love them. I don't want to just mm. dismiss this concern. Yeah. But it, again, is just totally out of line with how I'm thinking. So Yeah, yeah. 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 So what you're describing is something that's happening everywhere. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, where, you know, the, the, the term that gets used a lot is the awakening of humanity, where we're waking up from the, uh, the sort of a, a false reality that we have convinced ourselves that if we keep participating in it, it might afford us some fulfillment. It might afford us some satisfaction. It might lead us to, you know, that um, pinnacle experience of the cessation of suffering and anxiety and worry. If I just keep going and going and going, if I get that status, if I acquire that job, if I have that wardrobe, you know, all of that, that I might, that my suffering will end. More and more people around the world right now are waking up to the reality that this is actually a big fat delusion. (laughs) And people are utilizing their creativity to go about reverse engineering um, the conditioning in order to get to the essence of who they are. So what I'd like to propose to you as a, from an external perspective is a little narrative, a little commentary on what you're doing that might make you go, hmm, okay. And maybe open up some parameters for exploration of how you can um, not throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. So when I say reverse engineering, what I mean is that you are taking all of the things that you may have been highly identified with, being your personal possessions, the way that you dress, the job, social circles, all the status, all of that, which you held as, this is who I am. You are highly identified with an external presentation that you constructed very strategically in order to position yourself at a level within society that you deemed your personal self-value and worth needed to be in order for you to feel okay with being alive. Yeah? 
I need to be rep represented and recognized at that level. And I'm going to invest all my time and energy right down to the buttons on my shirt to make sure that I am recognized on that level. And at some point you went, hang on a sec, this is bloody ridiculous. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure, and I'm sure there is our wonderful story to the build-up of all of that. But let's just cut to the chase for a moment because there's something bigger that we can talk about. What naturally happens when we realize that we, we are presenting as something other than what we are is kind of like a, uh, get it off me, get it off me, get it off me, get it, like a panic when we realize. And so what we, what we want to do is kind of shake it off as quickly as possible. Uh, everybody, everybody has different reactions, by the way. And everybody comes at it from, uh, it's a very complex thing to analyze and we won't go into it now, but let's just speak specifically to yours. But to the listeners, I'm by no means generalizing here is that this is the way it happens for every person. Um, some people still remain very attached to their status or the way they look but still are very deeply invested in their, their personal development. You know, people discard and shed things at different times. Mm. Different trees lose their bark at different times within the seasons. You know, you're, you're a particular tree that just likes to get rid of it all in one big hit. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something to be said about that. Uh, it, it is, it's reflective of, of the kind of person that, uh, that you are. So the process of, you know, stripping down um, your your possessions, your expenditure, your 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 purchases, all of that kind of stuff is simply just you removing all the things that you knew you were identified with and probably had a, a certain degree of addiction to in order to feel safe and secure. And the only way that you were going to discover who you truly were was to remove all those things. And so it's a path, it's a pathway, and it's a very powerful, tangible, credible, and um, commendable path, particularly in this day and age, particularly because you were so indoctrinated and you were at a very high level in society. To wean yourself off the addiction of status is a very difficult thing. It can lead you into deep states of self-doubt and confusion, you know, elongated times long periods of time of just going, what's the point of it all? And who am I? And all of that. I imagine you, you had a bit of that going on. You're nodding. Still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, this is all a very natural part of this process of quote unquote awakening. And all we're awakening to is who we are and what we are. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the fact that you're here right now and we're having this conversation because I feel like, uh, what I'm about to share with you is going to really sort of speed up this next phase that you're, that you're entering into. The reality is that we are not defined by how we present in the world. It can absolutely have a big impact in the way in which people receive you. And in your process of deconstruction, of removing those things that you believed were the cause of your confusion about who you were, you're discovering why you said, I'm still there, I'm still a little confused. Mm -hmm. 
What I'd like to propose to you for your consideration is that the reason why you might still be experiencing a little bit of confusion is that you're seeking your identity through what you believe yourself not to be. You're trying to define yourself based on what you don't want to be as opposed to who you are. And you haven't yet necessarily, possibly, began the process of cultivating your awareness to detect driven by an inquiry, who am I? What do I love? What fulfills me? Where does my sense of responsibility as being a human being lie? Can I feel these things? Do I believe that I'm worthy to claim that responsibility? What can I do in this moment to, uh, rather than position myself as being in disdain with the dysfunction of the world, the ignorance of the world, can I relinquish that identity? This is your next layer. Learning how to relinquish your identity with your disdain for the world. Because there is, and I don't mean to offend you here, it's a general blanket statement, arrogance in the belief that I am, on some level, better than you mm -hmm. because I get it. And you don't, you big dum-dum. You still yes. think your Prada shoes are going to make you <laughs> get, you know, enlightened. And there is a degree of hubris in our disdain. Whenever we carry disdain, this is just as a general rule in our, in our evolution. Whenever we carry disdain for anything, we are in denial of our underlying nature, which is that we belong to everything. Whilst ever we're in disdain, it means that we have not accessed that level of our creativity to resolve the seeming appearance of some opposing view, some polarizing way of being. There is still in your worldview the perspective that the way that the world is living is absolutely wrong and you don't want to have anything to do with it. And that's because you're, you're applying the, the first phase of your shedding to your second phase. The second phase rules are a little bit different to your first phase rules. You did the necessary shedding of your identity on that gross level. Now you're moving into a subtler dimension of yourself. You've, you've removed the external and now you're turning your attention inward into you. And so this is more about inquiring what you are as opposed to deconstructing what you are not. In the same way that the umbilical cord for a baby is absolutely vital and critical for the gestation period of the fetus. Once the baby's born, after a certain period of time, it's important that that, 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 that umbilical cord uh, no longer remains attached to the placenta. So the baby becomes uh, a self-sufficient being to grow as it's designed to. You are now at that point. You are born. You're awake. And you no longer need to apply the same mentality and the same worldview philosophy, which is, I am not like you. Mm -hmm. We're actually flipping it on its head now and saying, asking the question, how am I like you? And how are you 
in my awakened state like me? And to what extent can I put my attention on the qualities in you that I want to cultivate in me and cause a dynamic whereby we're, we're interacting on that level rather than constantly mirroring your disdain mm -hmm. through your lack of compliance of social standards. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm deliberately going to dress down, <laughs> you know. Now, if that's still an, a, a part of the process that you're in, great. I feel it much less so than I did maybe a year ago. Great. And I think I needed that. That was my that judgment and separation was my tool to mm -hmm. keep myself focused on what I wanted to do. Cause yes. it's very easy to just sway right, you know, just get swept right back into yeah. how you were, you know, how you're living before. Yeah. So, but that totally makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to make this whole process so much easier for you, I couldn't encourage you more than right now to start meditating. What it's going to do is enable you to become intimately acquainted with what makes you you, what the thing that you're desiring to connect with. You're out of danger now. You're no longer in the danger zone in terms of falling for the, the collective delusion. You've woken up. You're not going back to sleep. There's no danger of it. So you can put your nice clothes back on now and be acceptable. But the reason why you're dressing up now is not for your own personal status acquisition. It is to be more relatable to the people that you desire to change. The whole game changes now where the way that you show up in the world is in service of everybody that you come into contact with. I don't dress a particular way in order for you to believe that I'm a particular kind of person. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the attitude I'm dressing. Well, one, you know, dress <laughs> that is an expression of your creativity. Don't resist that desire to want to dress nice. You know, it's a beautiful way to express. And I think that you're established enough now to know that you won't utilize it as a tool for a cheap hit of social acceptance. Mm -hmm. You're drawing from a deeper well now. It's there. And to help you cultivate that, meditate twice a day. Go into that place, immerse yourself in the well of your own creativity. Establish yourself in that state of beingness where the truth of who you are is. And over time, you're going to become increasingly more comfortable with dealing, as you would say, with the outside world. What's going to naturally arise is compassion. You're going to be able to see yourself and how you were in the way the people are right now. And in moments, they're going to notice something in you. They're going to go, you've really changed. Can, can you share with me the journey you've been on and what's happening with you? Because I feel it too, but I'm, I'm too afraid to take the leap. You're so bold. And in that moment, you're going to have the perfect thing to say that's going to just cause them to move that little bit deeper into the journey that you're going on. And this is the new game. This is responsibility of leadership and you have that and the fact that you have taken this bold step as you have is in, in this time you know amidst your status and the world that you live in and here in new york city 
it's reflective of the power of your spirit, your ability to to defy the, the force of the mainstream. It's impressive. There's power there. You need to tap that power and see how you can use it to, to influencing, inspiring other people that are experiencing what you're experiencing. Whether people like to admit it or not, everyone's uncomfortable with trying to play the game. You can be an absolute shining light and an inspiration in these people's lives by just connecting. Don't lead with disdain. Lead with compassion. That's the greatest power. Did that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's very helpful. How to move forward. Thank you. Thanks. My pleasure. <laughs> The main point for me in this episode is this idea that in the process of us really working out what is important and valuable to us in this life, that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And what I mean by that is we don't have to separate ourselves from the world, see ourselves as other. And in fact, when we determine what it is that we truly value, the challenge for us is to then truly embody it and to bring those values into every relationship we have. And this is, in fact, the way that we can transform the world. A big thank you to the whole One Giant Mind team. Our show producers, Trevor Exter and Sean Tomlin. Original music composition by Ali. And, of course, Andrea Stern for providing her beautiful studio space for this podcast. If you're interested in learning meditation, you can download the free One Giant Mind mobile app on iTunes or Google Play. And if you're a passionate meditator and feel inspired to share meditation with the world by teaching it, you can apply to the One Giant Mind Teacher Training Academy. You can learn more by going to onegiantmind.com. That's the number one, giantmind.com. We hope that you can join us for the next episode.